Welcome to Fit Story TV, the only platform that is focused on storytelling for fitness experts. Our mission with this podcast is to empower you to harness your vulnerability and lead with your story. If this is your first time listening, then make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss out when we drop more fire. Jimmy Halley, are you ready to record a motherfucking podcast? Yes, I am, sir. Let's do Let's this. Do it. Fit Story fam, what is going on? Of course, your boy Matthew Burbridge is back in the motherfucking house. And uh, this is Fit Story TV. I know we've had some new listeners. So let me just quickly provide you an overview of what this is. This is a podcast that is focused on storytelling. Um, and it's not only here to provide powerful stories from people that have been where you are today. But it's also here to provide you some insights into how those people got to where they are now. And this essentially creates what's called a roadmap, um, for lack of a better term, like a roadmap. And that's going to serve you in your journey. Now, I know that when I was building my business, a good story can shift your narrative. And sometimes it's just about hearing somebody else that's in the same shoes as you that, that are wearing shoes now that are far further down the track, but we're wearing the same shoes you're wearing right now to shift that narrative because all of a sudden you've got perspective and you can look at yourself and say, well, if it was possible for him, it's possible for me. If it's possible for her, it's possible for me. All right. So no doubt this is definitely going to serve you. If this is your first time listening, I appreciate you. Make sure that you hit subscribe and then we will get back in, we will get into it don't go and do that now by the way listen to this first then then, then go do it <laughs> <laughs> now i know that this is the case when it comes to providing roadmaps i know this is the case because um i base that statement on feedback that i get from the show and uh you know we just do real shit that's what this is it's just real shit these are real conversations they're real stories and they are here for you to gain insights, right? And to help me do that today, I brought with me a guest, uh, Jimmy. How are you doing, my friend? I'm good, mate. I'm doing really well. Good. Now, in your own words, on your Facebook bio, you do ads and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was just, I was just sick of seeing the self-aggrandizing posts that people do. I help busy dads get uh, you know, of 1 million leads in 50 seconds uh, through Facebook ads or like, do you know what I mean? So I just kept 100%. it light and breezy and just be like, you know what, it's just my personal Facebook profile. So that's, yeah. that'll do. It's so true as well, because we always hear these gurus talking about how important it is for your bio to really speak to your ideal client or whatever. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I say that it's important that your results show that. Yeah. Right. So, and so uh, the yeah. the less serious I've taken myself with that side of things, um, and the less I care about that side of things, the better <laughs> business has gotten for me. A hundred percent. And and I kind of saw that when I read it, I was like, Jimmy has either put a lot of time into that bio or no time at all. <laughs> it's like, it was a lot. Yeah. I actually thought about it for ages because I, I did have one of those real wanky ones where it was like, I, I do this for gym owners and we do ads and blow, you know, and I was just like, you know what? Like, that's not like, if I look back, 
if your business relies on social media, and this might sound like a contradiction because I have a social media marketing agency, but I try and spend minimal time on social media personally. I'm in an ad account. That's different. I'm not scrolling newsfeed all day long mm. and like worrying about what comments on it. Like you should see every time I open my Facebook, I've got 99 unread <laughs> notifications. It's because uh, the less time I've spent on there, I've seen a direct correlation with better mood personally. Like mm. that's number one. Like I'm less anxious. I'm less like frustrated. And also business goes better because I'm focused more on the shit that matters. Yeah, so important, man. It's like... Um you know, people do spend a lot of time on those insignificant kind of small decisions and they just end up taking up a whole lot of time and a whole lot of energy from you when ultimately you need to be making decisions that actually matter in business. And it's quite clear to see that that's what you're doing. You're over there, you're running a, a gym boss marketing, um, which you said was an agency. Uh, and what I've gathered from kind of looking into your website and things, you're helping fit pros get more qualified targeted le uh, leads through targeted Facebook ads, essentially, and campaigns, right? Um, yeah. So not only that, though, because uh, a lot of agencies do just leads. We do leads and we do the follow up and booking the appointments for you as well. So it's um, like so a done for you. Yeah. And so the only thing we don't do is sell them. All, all the gym owner has to do is just actually show up to the gym and not mess it up. <laughs> so we've done, we've like served them up for you guys to be able to uh, save time, trying to figure it all out and time chasing the leads. And because we saw that was a bit of a, even though we're getting clients great results with marketing, you could see that there's um, sometimes they're just so busy and stressed in with time. They didn't have the um, resources of their own energy to focus and putting hundred percent into doing the proper amount of follow-up required. And so mm. we was like, well, shit, that's just, that's just <laughs> do that for them as well. And so, so that's uh, now it's like those two major parts of the service is what we do. It's a problem that people need solving too. So a major problem, like I, I'm working with a client at the moment who, you know, he, I guess a bit of an anomaly in the respect that um, he's using TikTok to build his, his business uh, all, all organically. And it's incredible to see the growth that's happened for him recently on TikTok. He's just blown up. Um, he's gone from like 7,000 followers to over, he's got to be on 130,000 followers now and nearly a million likes on the platform and stuff. And what's interesting is that he has spent time on um, get, generating leads, which is the key fundamental thing in a business that you need to do. And it's usually the number one thing that is stopping your business growth because you could be great at sales like this guy. He could be great at sales, but if his lead flow sucks and he's not actually generating mm -hmm. lead, it fucking matters not. So, you know, it's a fundamental part of business is generating leads. It's a big problem to solve. And like I say, fortunate for him, he's kind of got a never ending. It's like the, the floodgates open now. He doesn't even need to think about it. He's like, I'm just going to show up every day. I'm going to just do what I do, which is make these cool videos and be who I am on this platform and just make, you know, just be me. And as a result of that, he, the floodgates are open for these leads. It's insane. But when you are organically marketing and you don't have, um, you know, you're, you're not seeing that type of success. It's a really big problem to have, like a really yeah. big problem to have. Because like, uh, what's the saying? Every level, there's another devil, right? And so mm. um, if you solve one problem, that means cool. Now you just get a new problem. Like there's always a problem in business. There's always a problem to solve. 
And most people that come to us um, initially are like, man, we just need more, like we need more leads and we need more appointments. Like, cool. So if we focus just on the leads, you're like, great. So now we solved the lead problem. The next part of the flow, because it's like the tap, right? If you don't have the, the tap on no water, AKA profit, it's going to come out of your business at the end of the hose there. So the first thing you got to do is turn the tap on and that's your marketing or your leads. However, that happens, organic paid ads, whatever. But then once you have that, then you're like, shit, part two is now I actually got to contact them. <laughs> I got to follow up with them. And so that serves another problem because then it's like, cool. Now, I've, now I've got to allocate time, energy and resources to doing this and doing it properly. And then learning the skill of that, because that's a skill. And then once you finally follow up with them, get them on the phone or get them in for an appointment or whatever it is that your outcome is, then part three of that is the sales. Mm. So people forget about that middle part of like doing the follow-up. And um, and then every time then you're like, cool, I've got my leads figured out. I solved that problem. Cool. Now I've got to actually follow up. How's my show rates? Cool. Now I've figured out that problem. Now what's the next one? Now I've got to get my conversion rate in person. Cool. And then you do that. And then the next thing is now my retention on my upsells. Now I've got to solve that. And every time you solve one, there's always the next thing to figure out because people think, oh, as soon as I get that done, life's good. Like as long as you realize that you always got problems to solve and that it's a good thing, you'll always be successful. Ooh, that was fire, bro. And it's so fucking true too. <laughs> like you throw it down, like tell it how it is. It's true. I mean, I myself have fallen victim to that idea that, you know, once I solve this problem, things will be good. And then it's mm. like I solve the problem and then bam, there's another one that presents itself. And you've really got to, uh, I'll tell you what, here's a great question for you. What type of mindset do you think people need to have when faced with things like that? So they think they're going to solve the problem. They solve one, but then another problem comes up. And I've seen a lot of people, their mindset's just shot to shit. And they're like, oh, fuck. Like they go into this um this real negative place because they feel like, ah, oh, but I've solved the problem and now I'm just getting this and blah, blah, blah. Like, what do you think people are lacking in their mindset? And what do you think they need to change to be constantly yeah. on it, constantly knowing that, I, hey, even if this problem is solved or isn't solved, like I'm going to find another way. I'll find another solution. Yeah, so that's actually a really good question. There's probably a lot of parts to that. But I think uh, number one is usually if people are, from my, this is in my experience, uh, is that I see with uh, business owners in particular, because I speak to a lot of like gym owners all the time, is when they um, feel like they have that problem. Like, look, if you just do that, then life will be good. That's number one is like short term thinking. That's number one. You got to have long term mm. thinking, long term vision. Because if you're worried about the daily or the weekly, or even potentially the monthly in your life, then you probably, uh, look is still looking too short term monthly is probably a good place to start looking when you start looking at statistics within your business and things like that so you're like how's because if you have a sales conversion then you're looking at it for one day you're like well you could have four appointments and all four no show it happens you could be like ah shit's all fucked up like, like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean you could be like this doesn't work uh, that's probably the biggest thing oh, it doesn't work man poor me right I thought this was going to be the best thing ever, like or whatever the thing is that's happening to you, right? But then the next day, you have four appointments and all four show up and you fucking close it. Yeah. And then you're like, woo, yeah, this is the best day ever. Yeah, this is awesome. And so it can be that roller coaster. So to try and have a bit more of an even keel by thinking more long-term would be the first thing I would look at. And That's then, real good uh, advice, by the way, people. You need to write that down. Uh, I, I actually resonate with that too because I did... um. 
uh, polyurethane sales for some time, like commission only polyurethane sales. People don't know what polyurethane is. It's like a, a spray foam insulation like that goes in your roof. Isn't it? Yeah. It's an insulation product. Um, ah. it, it, and this company that I work for, um, I was mentored luckily enough by a phenomenal guy. And, you know, I would, cause it was full commission, you know, it was either you sell or you starve. That's it. Like there was no paycheck at the end of the month if I didn't fucking produce the result. And I remember when I first ever started with uh, this mentor specifically, he was kind of took me under his wing. I remember the first few appointments and, you know, they all popped, they were all no, they were all no good. And I was like, oh my God, like I was getting in that place where I was like, but I feel like I'm working on my sales and I feel like I've been looking at the script and I've been looking at this stuff. Like, why are they not selling? Blah, blah, blah. And I remember the advice that he gave me was to expect it to happen. Like mm. don't, not, not, not be disappointed when it doesn't, but if it doesn't, you say, okay, next one. And that's yes. the attitude that I carried. And I did that. And over sort of 12 to 14 months across three companies, I sold 444,000 pounds of that product, nearly half a million. And I, the only thing I'd ever sold up until that point was 30 pound memberships at a gym. Right? <laughs> so good. Because I started to think, like you said, like the long term is that I expect it to happen. I don't mm. know when, and I don't know if this next appointment is going to. And in fact, I'm going to remove all emotion from it. And I'm just going to be like, I'm going to show up. I'm going to do my fucking job. I'm going to fucking pitch. And then I'm, you know, if it sells, it sells. That's brilliant. I, uh, you know, what an amazing result. If it doesn't, meh, next one. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly with that. That's some stuff that I actually tell my team. I tell my clients as well is uh, like sales is a great example for this, actually, because this is exactly like, as you said, expect it to happen. And so even if you're get generating leads somehow for your business is another good way to do it. Like, um if you understand that there's going to be some people that just no matter how much you call them are not going to fucking pick up. Don't get butt hurt about it. They're not looking at your phone number and going, that's that fucking guy. Yeah, fuck him. I'm going to purposely not, I'm not going to purposely not answer the phone because he's an asshole. Like, uh, you know, like they're not doing that. So, so you have no, you have no idea what that person, who that person is even. And you might be saying, well, why would they put their information in? Well, maybe they were drunk and they had a little bit of extra confidence to put it, fill in something about a fitness thing. And then they woke up the next day feeling like really terrified. Or maybe they had a death in the family. Or maybe like they anything. ended up signing up with another gym. It could have been anything, right? You don't know. And so the whole thing is to be like, you just don't give up on them. That's, the, that's mm. another thing. And I think you just don't know. So if you understand that, okay, expect that some people just aren't going to buy no matter what. Some people aren't going to pick up the phone no matter what. Some people are going to buy straight away with no fucking sales process, whatever, whatsoever. You could be like literally just a, a donkey there with a pen and paper and then go, here you go. And they'll just sign up because they're ready to go. And then there's a majority of people that you've got to have a little bit of TLC, yeah, go through a proper sales process. process. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you understand like, like that, and I think, um, so the first thing would be to have that long-term thinking process and expecting like, not everything to go to plan, but that's okay because that's supposed to happen. It's not mm. supposed to be, you know, seeing that that graph where it's like what people think success is, is that straight line. And then what it yeah. really is, is this big fucking squiggly mess. And that's true. That's actually so true. And A if bit you of overcooked used... pasta is what it actually is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Like that string yeah. pasta. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Something that my kid would have drawn. and um, <laughs> But I would put on the fridge with the ultimate pride because it's the best thing ever, <laughs> you know. But uh, to... Um, to go back to that though, and 
I'm not saying this from a perspective. This is something else that I probably have, have to say, but I'm not saying this from a perspective of like, I've got it all figured out. I'm not this, uh, you said remove the emotion. And that is so true. Yeah. But as still, like I've been in sales. I started off in sales, same as you before having my own business. It was a commission only role. Didn't, didn't sell that day. You didn't eat that day. Um, and that you learn to sell pretty quick or get a new job. <laughs> you know what I mean? 100%. And, and um, uh, I like, so what am I going on now? 10, 11 years since that started doing that. And still now in sales, like I still have these weeks where I feel like I'm on top of the world. I still have these other ones where I have these, but I think it's having that wisdom at least to know you can say these things to yourself. Like, ah, don't worry. You still could feel shit about it, but to at least persevere and through it to know that there's something better on the back end of that. I yeah. think that's the difference of knowing that there is something instead of like thinking like that is the end of the world. Yeah. I think that's kind of the difference. And uh, I think um, so part one is having that long-term thinking, but part two is knowing a little bit of what to expect via either reading books or getting knowledge or like, I'm not saying get a coach, but like, just uh, like anything, find like out what, what the what the path is ahead of you. Cause if you're like, cool, I'm going to get all these leads. And then you don't know that you got to call them. Well then if you listen to, you know, some marketing podcasts or watch some YouTube videos or read, or read a couple of books, then you figure out the process. Really, a couple of really good podcasts people can listen to. There's this one called Gym Boss Marketing. Um, there's, the, <laughs> there's the Gym Boss Podcast I know of. And the, yep. the other one's Fit Story TV. Like those two are super dope. Don't, people should check them out. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I, I don't know if you, uh, I might have to go check them out, mate. They sound pretty good. <laughs> but I, th- so, I would say they're the two things for the mindset. If you feel, if you're feeling like that sort of, scenario where it's just you feel like it's just not going your way it's not working out and you don't know what to do uh i think one of the things that i actually pride myself on that i didn't know that i had it's kind of i am gonna say that i am kind of lucky to have it it's kind of a bit more of a natural you know people just have more of a natural inclination for something and i think it comes from a it comes from a place for me of like i just hate being shit at something and Mm. i just have to fucking figure it out like that's me. So I won't go to bed if until I'm trying to figure out something with a bit of software that's just like bugging out on me. I like got a glitch or something like, fuck you, it's supposed to do this thing. So I'll still get mad at it, but I won't stop. And I think that's the thing. And I said this to my team this morning is like, it's okay to like have, come across obstacles. It's okay to fail, but it's not okay to stop. And it's not okay to learn from them. Mm. So if you can, if you can, yeah. Yeah, if you can look at the things that are happening and like these, who was it? I don't know. I heard a podcast the other day and they said, um, I think it was Andy Frisella, actually. Um, he, uh, he had a part where he was just like, people run away from the obstacles and the hurdles and the struggles in their life, but they're the things that give you your skill set. Mm. And I was like, man, that's so true. Because people ask, how are you good at ads? Well, man, I just ran a lot of fucking ads. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just done a lot of ads. And yeah. that was, was there bad times in there? Yes. Was as as it didn't work, of course, but that's where you get wisdom and that's where you get your skill set from. And I think a lot of it is like time in the saddle as well. I feel that because it was very much the same way for me with, um, so I used to hate uh, squatting and I used to hate deadlifting and I actually, I used to do bodybuilding. I competed once as well. Funny story behind there. We'll talk about another time, but no squatting and no deadlifting. 
Mate, I literally built my quads without squats at all. And I had some pretty impressive quads, um, but I did it all through isolation work. But the p- point was, is like, I hated squatting and I hated deadlifting. And after that show, I remember being like, well, if I just hate doing it, I'm going to avoid doing it. But I know there's a benefit to doing it, you see. So therefore, I must do it. And even if it means me hating it and being shit at it to start with, that's what I have to do to get better at it. Um, I can't expect to get under the squat bar and squat 140 kilos. And you're sure as shit, I didn't. I started really light because it was a different movement. It felt weird and um, was miles away from doing isolation work like um, curls and stuff. So for me, you know, getting under that bar, I was shit at it to start with. I did hate it to start with. But then I ended up completing my goal down the line, which was to squat three plates. And the same way with deadlifting. So we have to do things sometimes uh, and run the mileage, like you say, and be shit at it. And, uh, you know, it's okay to do that because it means that you are going to be equipped. Like Andy Frisella is saying, it equips you. It gives you the tools and the knowledge and the, whatever else you need in order to become good at it. Um, so those obstacles are hurdles that you, you, you need to be able to jump. Otherwise, they're just going to fucking smash into you and they're going to keep smashing into you. And that is not a fun way to live. At all, yes. especially in business. Yes. Yeah, so it's um it's kind of like whatever you believe in. For me, I call it the universe. It's point shining a spotlight on something's like, hey dude, like fucking look at this thing. Like, look over here. Like that's its <laughs> way of like saying, look at it, address this shit now. Or otherwise, as you said, you're gonna forever get punched in the face by it, you know. Yeah. Um, it's so fucking and, true. Uh, the it's always painful like the painful stuff is the stuff that makes you grow um like in the gym is a great example like you don't grow a muscle just by looking at it or thinking about it like you know you can meditate on it you can talk about it all day long you can read books about it but till you like get in the gym and start doing the squats doing the fucking bench doing the whatever like that's how you get the growth yeah and it's painful right it hurts too you know yeah because, yeah uh, and I mean, this is going to this is a great springboard for us to dive into your story, really, because I'm sure there's been uh, a lot of obstacles and hurdles that you've come across in getting to where you are today with the agents that you've run and the knowledge that you have that you're able to bestow onto your clients and help them get great results, which you do. Uh, and that leads me on to saying one of the other things is like, I don't bring bullshit guests onto the show. Everyone is kind of coming from you know, good warm referrals. And uh, it was actually our mutual friend, Chris Mooney, that put us in touch. Uh, side note, it's episode 48 for you guys if you're wondering who Chris Mooney is and if you want to go listen to that episode, it was dope. Yeah, go good listen. dude, good dude. He yeah. just lives, we just live in the same city here. So um, that, we actually met on Facebook, believe it or not, just a Facebook group. And then, I don't know, somehow we got, so we were like, yeah, we agreed on something on a post and then figured out that he was, at a gym near me and then yeah yeah was it feo by the way the fitness education online john o petroholius's group yeah maybe because i've done a a couple of his podcasts as well that's right uh, yeah yeah because john o was on this show and uh, he'd be a great guest for your podcast as well actually yeah Um, me and him actually trying to tee something up but you know, busy schedules. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be hot. Um, yeah. Because we did the same thing, me and Chris, That's that was how we connected. That's how we connected. Now you've reminded me because before, side note again for, for the listeners, um, Jimmy asked me that question. He said, Where, how did you get in touch with, with, with Chris? And I thought initially it was a referral, but it wasn't. It was the same fucking thing. We connected on a 
thread on the feo group and it was about someone mentioning like it was someone saying oh how do i um how do i you know build up my client's chest the inner chest of my client he's really unhappy with it and he doesn't really know how to do it or whatever and i'm struggling to kind of like i've thrown everything that i know at him and it still isn't working and then chris commented on it and i commented on it and our comments aligned and we both basically said the same thing along the lines of like well you need to go and figure out what other stuff you can throw at it like that's what you need to do you need to go and continue to learn and develop your craft because it's clear that if you don't know how to do it then you're going to need to learn how to do it you're going to need to see what works for that person and if you don't know if you're trying things that you've already tried and it's not working well then look at what else could work so chris posted some links to some people's uh, stuff and yeah we just connected through that so how weird is that there you go <laughs> chris if you're listening, mate, stop lurking in the Facebook group. <laughs> <laughs> Get a fucking job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> FYI, so, he's uh, one of the hardest working dudes that I know. Yeah, so that's 100%. why it's a funny that's why it's a funny yeah. joke. <laughs> yeah, inside joke. Inside joke. Um so uh now some of the listeners that they may know who you are, because obviously it's gonna go out on both platforms, other people won't. And that's cool because it kind of gives them a good opportunity to hear all about you and your fit story. And that's what we're going to cover today and your mm. fit story so that you kind of understand it on a different light as well from a different angle is, you know, it's everything that your core story is really, it's everything that you've been through, but it's the pieces of the story that are most relevant to the people listening now. So the people that are in the fitness niche, the people that are, have made, maybe gone through a fitness transformation themselves who have used fitness as an anchor to change their life or to overcome adversity, et cetera. Because to me, that's what fitness done. If it wasn't for fitness and storytelling, hence why I am the fucking founder of Fit Story, because there's two things that really changed the trajectory of my life. You know, I, I wouldn't be here now doing this. So fitness really does play such a significant role in our lives. And I think that it's fair to say that anybody, whether they're in the fitness industry as a coach or a trainer or what, um, has probably used fitness in some way to shape who they are today. Um, whether that comes in the form of the small micro habits that you get from working out consistently or eating meals to change your body composition or whether that comes in the form of uh, something different, you know, going from where I was a drug, a drug addict to a bodybuilder, for example. Um, fitness is a significant place, such a significant role in our identity shifts. And that's what we're going to talk about and discuss today. Um, because you didn't just wake up today with the knowledge you have, with the habits you have, with the behaviors you have, and with the mindset you have around what you do. You've learned them over time and you've experienced different things that have formed your um, you to become who you are, right? So you went through your very own identity shift in order to become who you are today and do what you do. So that's what we're really going to talk about. Um, so I like to start very first thing I always like to ask, this is the only thing, the only question that is technically scripted, although I ask it in several different ways. Um, but it's the only one that really is, is consistent every time. And that is about your backstory. And the reason I ask this question about your backstory, about where you grew up, who was around you at the time, what your life looked like through the lens of Jimmy as a kid, is because your backstory is relatable. Everybody that's listening to this is no doubt, unless they're a child still, which if you're a kid, definitely switch off because we use horrible language on the show. <laughs> Go get your mum and dad, okay? We need yeah. to have a chat with them. <laughs> Bring them instead. Get them to subscribe. Bring their friends. Um, but yeah, no, if you're, if you know, everybody listening is generally just, they, they understand what it feels like to grow up. They understand what it feels like to have gone through the first few years as a kid. So I think that's why it's really important. And it's, um, 
just the realest question that I could probably ask. So let's let's dive into that. Let's unpack it. Where did you grow up? You know, who was around you at the time? Um, who was a big influence for you, maybe, or manipulation? Because I know that the two are um, a parallel. Um, what did the what did life look like for you, Matt? Um, I got it like one of the may, maybe boring is not the word, but more like traditional, like good family, parents love each other, still together to this day. Um, but there's probably a couple like once we dig in, like on the surface level, that's like um, that was my that was me. I had a I have a younger brother, and uh, and it was the four of us growing up. But come from similar to actually Mooney Navy dad. So my mum and dad they met in the Navy. And so, uh, although I didn't know it at the time, but I probably got a bit of stuff from him now that I can do the, like what you and me saying before we started recording today, um, mm -hmm. doing the reflection back. And now that I'm a father as well. And so I'm saying things and I'm like, whoa, that's John. Like, that's my dad's name, John. I was like, holy shit, baby. Yeah, that's John. That was my dad. <laughs> just, he just said like legit, like the actual uh, intonation of the voice and everything but then that sort of like maybe just think of a couple of things and yeah i just think that there's that, that uh stays with you and um and you don't realize the lessons that you'll learn till later on at least for this connect the case literally happened just yesterday but uh yeah so he was navy still is actually now he won't he won't be listening to this he's like super super geek loves like science rocket ships and like how like he's uh what's his role at the moment he's like the head of electronic warfare for the all of australian navy wow. which is uh, uh so uh and doing the projects for the for them and uh so he's a lot more a lot smarter than me but uh he uh he was a big influence uh all my mates growing up but also my grandpa who was his dad and he was um He's actually got a story to tell if he was still here. Uh, he was prisoner of war for a uh, um, was it German German prisoner of war for like seven years, and uh, he was married to my, my grandmother there before. Then for all seven years, still stayed married and came out, and she was still there waiting for him. And uh, oh, wow. then he yeah, and so he was the biggest. Uh, I don't know, like because he passed away when I was pretty young, but like maybe thirteen. But he was, uh, he was the probably the guy that I look back on just with the most fond memory. He taught me how to tie my shoelaces, taught me how to read an analog clock. Like just, I don't know, we, there's just, there's not specific memories, just, you know, that like I have fond uh, yeah. feelings about the guy. Yeah. And so uh, growing up, that was that. But then going on to later years, I was like, yeah, fuck this. I'm not listening to my parents or anything as you do when you're like, 16 15 or 16 and uh i just did the whole sex drugs and rock and roll thing and so we yeah. played in metal metal bands and i was going to ask wanted... there i was going to prompt a question and say what did they want you to do um did they, did, did they lay out a path for you like many parents do and did you follow it or did you decide to kind of carve your own route because uh, me and chris actually spoke a bit about um parenting and stuff as well and how you know we don't recognize it at the time but we do just become like our parents in many ways and you know for me it's slightly different because i didn't have um that really nice comforting family it was very dysfunctional and broken in pieces but i actually learned a lot from that too in the same way that you would have learned a lot 
about you know family and the, and the values of being together and how it's important to be structured and all of those things so there's all these lessons that we learn from our peers or parents um, so they're really important things to talk about because ultimately like you said they do shape who you are now in some ways and whether that comes across in language that you use or a like a, a way that you a, a character um, trait that you have or a value that you still live by or whatever it is they are a huge fucking part of our lives and who we are yeah 100 percent. i could couldn't agree more but with the they they weren't like hey you got to do you got to go down this road you know like you know how like uh you your dad's a plumber your grandpa was a plumber and now you're going to be a plumber like it wasn't like anything like that mm. but they were just kind of like uh, they were super like it, like they were encouraging, of course, to do whatever. But I got to the point of uni, like, do I go to uni? And I I didn't like I fucking hated school. But, like I just didn't do it. I don't think I turned in an assignment for like two years. I think I just didn't want to do it. But the stuff that I was interested in, fucking smashed it. But like now with business stuff, with marketing, with whatever, like I just can't put books down. I can't stop like learning and developing, but it's because of stuff I'm interested in. But if it's something that I just don't see point and value in, I was like, well, well what, <laughs> what am I going to do? So there was a point there where I was like, ah, oh, at a bit of a loose end. And they're like, well, you could always join the Navy. And I was like, fuck that. <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> um, but I think uh, maybe there was a part of that just because like, I was like trying to rebel, but also I knew the Navy meant that I had to go away. And my dad was away a lot when I was a kid. And I, even when I was a kid, I it was like, I don't want to be away all the time for when I have a family. And now I do have one. And I'm glad that I have a business that's at home because I can be here for my kid's first step. I can be here for his first smile. Um, you know, all those things I got to see, which uh, I'm not too sure, but maybe my dad missed out on a lot of that stuff. Yeah. And I remember feeling it was shitty because he was, he didn't leave, but he was away working, you know? And so I just yeah. knew like he would go away for like two or three months. And it felt like two or three years when you're like six years old, seven years old yeah. or something. And see, so this is, this is interesting, Jimmy. I'm glad that you brought some of this up because at the start you said it's very like a traditional story, you know, very, very traditional, um, had a comfort in life and, you know, comfort in family, but you, ex that was something that you experienced was, you know, your dad not always being there that ultimately is something that now you reflect on and you know you in many ways you're grateful for that as well at the time like we said in in retrospective you don't tend to look back and be like oh it was really good at the time like you weren't there going yes my fucking dad's away for three months yeah. <laughs> you were like oh shit my dad's away like oh god this is going to be a long three months and it and it probably did have an effect on you at some at some mm -hmm. level um, so uh, it's good that you brought this up because this is, this is the real shit that people can really relate to. There's a lot of people out there that uh, understand how it feels to, um, you know, uh, to, to not have their parents around, whether that is for a short period of time or for a long period of time, people can really truly relate to this. So I appreciate you bringing that up. Let's dive a bit deeper into that. Uh, I, I just, I don't know, like, cause it was kind of young and when we were about, when I say we, me when I was probably about 10 was when he left the Navy for a pause for like a 10 year period or so, or maybe not quite. So we could stop moving around and we could stay at the one school and then grow up and stuff. And so, but I still remember from those younger years up until I was like nine or 10, up until he left, 
the Navy, there was that like, man, like this sucks. Like I, and it's so weird for like, when I think back to it, like, and I think I knew it at the time as well, even when I was like a eight year old or whatever. And I was going, when I get married, I don't want to do this when I have kids. And like, how weird, like, that's just a weird thing for like an eight year old to think. And I know, and I knew it was kind of a weird thing for me to think back then, but that sort of stuck with me. And I, that's why I was like, I don't want to work away. But uh, funnily enough, my brother does, he's not in the Navy, but he does the, like a fly in fly out job. And um, he doesn't enjoy, he's got kids as well, but uh, um, that's his story. But for me, I was like, nah, I'm going to try and figure out something where I can like, it probably a bit of both. Like I was, it's a bit of like the family side of things and having my own business as well is like, I'm horrible at people telling me what to do. Like there's something viscerally inside me that just like hates, like, like some horrible employees. So don't try and hire me. If you want me to just be an employee of your business, if you want me to like run my business, then yes, that's where I'm supposed to be. And I think that's a bit of both of why I'm here, where I am now is like one, I don't want to be traveling away. And also two, I'm just unemployable. <laughs> you know? I, too, I too relate to that. I'm massively unemployable. <laughs> I'll yeah. go into someone's business. I'm like, hey, you know what you could do better? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like uh, it's so, I think it's a bit of, bit of twofold of the reason why we, we're here where we are today. Yeah, it is quite similar to Chris's story, especially the early years, because I remember him kind of talking about um, similar things, you know, like his dad not being there all the time and certainly moving from school to school to school um, or from place to place to place, not necessarily school to school to school. But yeah. um, it, it does. It, it does play. It does on some level um, go in and it's, it, it, you know, you did break the mold in, in, in a way because you could have continued. You could have done that. You could have you could be working overseas or, or going abroad a lot or flying around but you didn't you chose not to do that and you chose to create a business and a life that would f give you fulfillment and that you could be there as a father for your children which is just a beautiful thing so whatever way we look at it again when we look back and we reflect there are so many lessons in the experiences that we have and I just think that's a really beautiful thing so tell me because I'm interested to know about drugs rock and rock and roll and drugs because I did it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had a fucking whole lot was, of drugs and had a lot of fun, fun times. Yeah. It was just fun. Like for me, it was just fun. And I think part of my, I don't know if I said this on the podcast or before we were recording, I can't remember, but I had that, uh, uh, not the addictive personality. That's what people would call it for that. But I think it's, maybe it is that, but maybe it's more like uh once I lock onto something, I'm a hundred percent all in on it. Like I am a hundred, there's like, I'm kind of like an on or off, like a black or white. It's either a hundred percent or it's nothing. So when we would party in, it was a hundred percent party. It was like not stopping. And I would always be the last person standing at like 5am and I would like all the time. And then I'd be the first person the next day going, let's do it. Let's go again. You know, like that was, that was me. And then, uh, if we do that for about 10 years or so, and then we get to like age 28 and then that's where I'm like, I think I want to go into the fitness game as a personal trainer. And I was smoking cigarettes. Like it's so weird for me to say that now because it's been nearly 10 years with no cigarettes. 
But to think back to that version of me, it was like, yep, every day I had some in the car, driving to work. I remember when my wife and I, when we first would like very first started dating, there was a one night that I remember where we were smoking cigarettes in her bed. Like, how gross is that? Yeah. Like, that's <laughs> so fucking gross. And like, I just would never in a million years, one, not to smoke a cigarette now ever. Like, it's just not in me. But two, like, in bed like fuck yeah that's so gross so uh that was where where did the urge to get into fitness come from what was the catalyst i was always training because yeah that's the thing for me it's it's hard because i was the same i I relate so hard to your story in the essence that you know i was all in that's why i fucking became a drug addict for four years because i was like i'm all in there is no half party for me i am whole party i am ready to go and i'm ready to go every day of the week because that's where i was at and for me to shift it kind of took a rock bottom moment or several rock bottom moments in fact for me to kind of shift into this catalyst of change that led me into fitness so i'm just curious to know you know was there a specific catalyst of change for you or 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 no i don't think it was the i think it was more a career thing because I was training, started gym when I was like probably 20, 21 or something, just because I didn't want to be like a little weedy looking dude. It was purely just for aesthetics, like, which mm-hmm. is why I think everybody starts out, Absolutely. right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, and so that was before like social media for all you youngsters and didn't even remember what that was like. So it was before social media was even existed and I uh, like hardly even the internet was really like hardly any forums or anything like that. So it was just like, Oh, magazines. Like you'd go to the news agent, you'd buy a magazine and then you'd see a fucking program that was for a roided up dude, but you had no idea. Just look good. So I'll do that. And then you're in the gym three hours later and you're still doing the same workout chest workout from Arnie or whatever. And, uh, and, but anyway, so it was that, it was that just training. And I, you, we always used to joke like, yeah, post-workout Siggy, fucking yeah. Like, you know, it was like that sort of shit. And it was just like, we're just training so we can drink so much and not turn into a fat prick. And that, that's, that was all the sort of mentality we had with it. But then I, like I was, I was doing uh, like sales game during that time. I was um, um, doing hospitality management. And then that was where it was like, started i don't know where but it was like started to plant the seed a little bit more about maybe i could be a personal trainer i don't know like you know you know when you just toy it when you have no idea but you're toying up the idea yeah and then it was kind of like you know that meme where it's like they have the, the office workers throwing the papers in the air and they're like fuck this shit and i kind of had one of those moments at work and i was like yep i'm out of here i'm done and i just wanted and then that's when i went home to my girlfriend now wife and i was just like i want to I'm going to enroll in becoming a personal trainer. And, uh, and we did. And when we did, we were so fucking broke, man. We were the brokest. How, how did you take that conversation you had? Because I had a similar conversation after leaving a job myself with my partner. Actually ended up with... So good. So, yeah. So I remember the cafe because it happened in two... There was, there was a couple of things that were evolving or that happened all at the same time. There was that I wasn't in, in, done with that work. And then uh the house we're living is me my wife and we had a roommate and we were like cool the lease is about to expire he's moving out what do we do do we get another apartment just the two of us and we were living in sydney at the time and um then we were like well why don't we just move into state and go back where we were originally from and then that was like we moved into state 
I quit the hospitality, went straight into doing the personal training certificate. And that was where I remember we were up here and we sat down and we're at the cafe and I was so nervous to talk to her about it because it's like, I never really, I tried uni for like two weeks and then I was like, fuck that. And then I just partied for like 10 years straight. <laughs> and then, uh, then I was like, I actually want to do something here and it's in fitness. And I felt like it's a bit of like an identity shift happening and not sure like is this me I don't know like should we do this and like it's a lot of money like it was six grand Aussie dollars to go and back then we didn't have any money um and uh it was like yeah this is a big investment and plus now we're gonna have to move out of your full-time job that you're getting an okay salary for to like just go work at part-time somewhere so you could study and uh but we did it man we pulled it off the brokest we've ever been in our life and that's something that I look back at as like yeah, well, I didn't die. We, we were broke yeah. as fuck, but we were, yeah. we've still made it, you know? And uh, it's kind of, I've always liked to look back on the, you and me were talking about pivotal moments. And that's yeah. one of the ones, I remember the cafe. I remember exactly where we're sitting. I remember what we ordered. It's like I was there yesterday. And I remember the feelings and stuff. And I'm so glad that I just had the supportive wife that I do, where she was just like, look, and she had the belief. You know how you said people could see things in you that you can't? Yeah. Um, she could see it all. She could see all my potential. She could see all that. And I just had all this self-doubt. And that was something that I had a lot, I think, going playing it, like when I was playing in metal bands and everything, like even with my musical ability and with all my other abilities, I was always like so critical and so like doubtful and had a sort yeah. of self-doubt where I was just like, I don't know if I'm good enough with all of that. It's and very, so- very important thing to talk about here, mate. What you've just brought up is so fucking key to speak about because there's a lot of people right now listening to this that are struggling with that self-belief. And that is the very reason why they are not successful in business. Um, mm. And they may be they may be looking at, they may have already bought courses. They may have already, you know, potentially hired um, some uh, an agency or whatever it is. But if you do not believe that you can be successful, then you've either got to find somebody that you can borrow belief from, which in essence mm. is what you did with, you know, you're lucky enough with your wife, you was able to borrow belief from her because she believed in you. Um, or you've, you've, you're going to have to continue to just do what you're doing and, and be in a place of lack of belief. And that is just not going to produce any results whatsoever. So people that are listening right now, that resonate with that that are like yeah fuck do you know what i don't believe in myself i know you just got to be real with yourself you just have to be real in this moment right now ask yourself do you believe that you have the ability to create the life that you want and the business you want and sit with that question and really sit with that question and think about it because if you don't like i said you're gonna have to borrow that belief from someone that could look like hiring a good mentor that you're actually connected with and you actually trust and, and know can take you to where you want to go or help you guide you um or it means doing a whole lot of self-development and spending a whole lot of time maybe journaling and rewriting the narrative that's going around in your head you know and starting with that it's like i said to you before jimmy you know the two things that i focus on with my clients is the two stories we tell ourselves the story sorry two stories we tell the one we tell ourselves which is the internal dialogue, which is the narrative that we get to wake up and either rewrite or live every day. Um, or we, uh, and the story that we tell the world, which is the marketing side, the stuff that we actually go out and speak about and, and communicate. And honestly, I've seen a lot of people 
trying to get out there and they're trying to build their business and they're trying to do all this stuff and they're busy basically being busy um but it's not really moving and it's not moving because you just don't fucking believe in yourself so be radically real with yourself right now and if you do not believe in yourself go and find someone that you can steal a little bit of belief from maybe or just do the work Mm, yeah i think that second part you said is true so again i do a lot of uh, personal development with my team because i think it's the number one thing to ensure so Mm. our whole team every morning we catch up for our daily huddle and we do um we have conversations like this um and Someone was saying, one of, one of the team members the, this, this week was saying something along the lines of, I was feeling nervous, I was scared and blah, 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 but now I did it and now I'm not so nervous about it. And I was like, that's exactly the right order it needs to be in. People say something like, you, people in the fitness game, you're hearing this, you probably have clients that come to you and go, oh, mate, I just need to get fit first and then I'll come and join. Like, yeah, oh, I just need to lose some weight and then I'll come. Like, fucking, no, it, you come here and then you get the, the weight or you come here, you come here and you lose the weight. And so um, what I'm trying to say is you don't get the confidence and you don't get the certainty before you take the action. Boom. Beautifully put. Yeah. You get the confidence and the certainty only after you take the action. And that was a good case of this story. Like I had no idea what I was doing, but she, my wife, when I say she, Katie, she um, said, Look, just go and do it. And I was shitting myself. I didn't know what to do. Fill out the paperwork. I was the most unorganized, most all over the shop. I don't even think I had a proper bank account. Like, like I, my life was a mess, man. Like to be honest. <laughs> and then, but like, if you look at it now compared to then, you'd be like, man, what what happened? Well, I just took a lot of actions of things that I wasn't very certain and sure on, and I just kept doing it. And I, and you know what? Like, not. I, like some people might go, oh, cool. Like you, you've got a good successful business now. And for me, I feel like I'm still just starting. Like, I feel like the runway for me is like another, like the more you develop and the more that you go is the more that you understand of how little that you know about or your, at least your, or maybe even like the vision of what you can think, see as possible. And then that is what continued makes me want to go and go and go. And so like, I, yeah, I still feel like even though back then compared to now, I feel like I'm like, you know, done well, but still, if you ask me now, I'm like, man, I'm just sort of getting started. I'm still just trying to figure it out, <laughs> you know? And, you, and your wife is still supportive. She's still there, right? Still 100%. right by She's your side. She's the best side. thing that's ever happened to me, man, for sure. Fucking love that, man. Yeah. I feel very much the same way about my partner. We found a lot to be, uh, to a lot to relate to in this. I already feel like, mate, when you just said, didn't even have a bank account, I smile because I was the same fucking way. Literally, I had, I was in debt with things that I didn't even remember taking out. Like, literally, <laughs> I, I had like phones that I, I like, literally, just shit that I had that I just, yeah, from like, do you remember Littlewoods? It was this company over here in the UK, basically, did like monthly payments or weekly payments for stuff. And I remember getting stuff out on that. And that's why my credit's so fucking bad today and why I've got to unravel that. But it's interesting because, um, you know, I look back at where I've come from and where I am now, and I feel the same way. Like, yeah, I've transformed massively and, you know, I've made radical shifts, but there's still so much left for me. And as long as I continue to show up and as long as I continue to uh, be presented with problems that I have no idea how to handle, um, I will continue to get better and I will continue to develop and grow and, and 
and shift. And that is what life is. That is what business is. That is what this is, right? Um, I really love it, man. So making that all-in moment is obviously not for the faint heart. A lot of people don't make the decision to do it. They just hold off. Um, mm -hmm. And you mentioned it being like a big investment. Um, can you think back as to like what really, aside from the belief that you that you borrowed from your partner, what else was really present in your in your you know to in your character, I guess, or in your mindset to really make you make the decision and just fucking go for it? Like in terms, of your, in, in terms of a vision, I mean, in terms of like having a vision, because at that time you said you, know, you didn't really even know what, what you were doing. So there was no long term vision in essence. No, I think it was more like I just don't want to keep doing what I'm doing. That was the thing. Like I didn't want to keep doing the hospitality game. Some people would love it and some people have made great careers out of it. But for me, it wasn't wasn't filling me up, wasn't giving me the juice for life. You know what I mean? Um, mm. So it was um, and I was just. You know what was the I remember actually having this conversation like with myself and then with other people. I was like, you know what? I don't want to go on the fitness game because I love training and I hate my job. So that means if I make that a job, I'll hate that job too. Yeah. And I don't want to lose. And that was what stopped me from doing it for ages until I got to a point where I'm like, I sort of caught myself thinking that again. I was like, man, that's dumb. Like, there's got to be better than what I'm fucking doing here. Like midnight, one in the morning scrubbing fucking grills and deep fryers and like come on like you're gonna be in the gym yeah. like and i went in like so blind to what would be what i'd be walking into but i was just like it was kind of like yeah that that's done let's stop that chapter and let's start something different yeah how did you how did it pan out for you in the end what happened during your did, i mean did you make a, a personal transformation as well in your body um yeah because like yeah. I, that was this is a really crazy thing so you know how i said I, i'm either all in or i'm not um, so I was still smoking at this time, still, um, partying and everything. And then, uh, when I signed up for the personal training course, the next day, um, we were sitting down somewhere, I lit a cigarette and then put it out halfway through. Cause I was like, Oh man, that tastes like shit. Okay. I'm going to put that out. Hour later, picked up another one. Same thing happened halfway through. I was like, man, that tastes terrible. I'm going to put that out an hour after that picked up a third one didn't light it because i was like nah you know what it's they've been tasting gross today no thanks and i haven't picked up one since wow like, it is bizarre and i didn't put, consciously do that but uh, it for me it was kind of like i think maybe i was like who's going to take me seriously as a personal trainer if i'm smoking cigarettes mm. like and i think that was one of the things that I know that we're really, that's something that I can, and my wife still thinks it's the most crazy thing ever. She goes, I've never fucking seen anything like it's this. It's kind of ludicrous. I, yeah. I was like, me neither. But I didn't say, no, I don't want to smoke cigarettes. It's just like, I'm a personal trainer. So I just sort of unconsciously did what I thought a personal trainer would do. Yeah. And starting off with that, because when you first get into the fitness uh, industry as a PT, uh, you know, it's a hard gig. It's not as easy as what sometimes people think. I know that there was a lot of people on my course when I did my level two and level three that literally were like, yeah, I'm just uh, going to do this because, you know, in essence, what you did, just not really bored of my old job. So I'm just going to give this a go. And there was other people that were like, ah, oh, yeah, I've heard how lucrative it is and how uh, you know easy it is to build a, a fitness business in, in a gym. So I'm just going to do this. But what is the actual reality? 
what is the actual reality <laughs> of what happens when you decide to make that decision and come into loaded a... question because oh, yeah uh, uh, yeah but uh, uh so uh the actual reality is like because uh i was like cool i figured out everything about the training and the whatever and i really studied hard and i really enjoyed that side of things and then it was like okay i found a gym that i'm gonna go work out of like as a rent trainer but it was an independent like group training facility that he was just leasing space out of. It wasn't like a big box gym or anything. And that was really cool. But then I realized like, shit, I got no clients. <laughs> like, I got no clients. So um, I figured out real quick that I got to do something with that. But lucky, the lucky thing for me, it was a job that I hated, but it's a job that served me so well. Now it was my sales job. Yeah. And so I was like, well, you guys are in the UK. So where I first got my sales job was when I was in the UK, actually. And it was uh, those annoying people on the street selling paintball tickets. That was me. That was me going door to door to businesses, to university dorms, to like on the high streets, wherever we could, we would sell paintball tickets. And there's like the day where you wouldn't sell, you wouldn't make any money. So you figured out the sales game pretty quick. And I was like, well, I could, I did that for like two and a half years I'm going to do that now. So I just went around to all local businesses. And I, if you say that now, people look at you funny and go, what, you actually went and spoke to people? Yeah. Like, it's like, yeah, dude. Like, I went to them. I didn't like DM them or anything. I just rocked up. And I was like, yeah. hey, man, new trainer down the road here. And I think just half the battle with that was actually showing up because there was yeah. nobody else going to do it. Yeah. And so Mate, this and is that- so fucking cool because this is the stuff like let's not get ahead of ourselves guys if you're looking at building a business right now whether it is online or offline like having an in-person having the in having the skills to be able to communicate in person with people is the absolute overall winner so like mm-hmm. you know if you're in a gym and you're getting ready to because the lockdown over here still i don't know what it's like over there but bullshit lockdown here still you know don't just expect that when you go back to the gym you're going to just have a flood of people come in, like go out and meet people. I fucking had to do it. Jimmy did it. I remember walking mm. straight into like this home store. So I used to sell memberships at fitness first. Um, they, they got clubs over in Australia yeah. too. Right. Yeah. And um, I remember like literally going in there after a week of following up with this lead and taking the contract in and being like, Oh, Hey Sally, how are you doing? Have you got five minutes? We're, yeah. Yeah. Okay. After that customer cool. And I'd sit there and wait. <laughs> and then when she was done i was like got the contract here you know and i walk She's over probably thinking what the fuck is this guy doing here she fucking signed up though she there you go up. um yeah, and that's the thing dive. like that's it yeah but that's the that's the thing people don't have that mentality now and they expect it no. all to just happen for them they expect exactly. they can fucking show up on social media and throw a post out and then people are just going to flood over to them and want to be their clients like that's not how it works and it the proof of it is, is in the pudding. You could have stood there, waited, and just watched the clock tick, but you didn't. You 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 went out and you did the shit that you did before to generate the leads and the sales that you needed. Mm-hmm. So I'll give can I can I give the guys a tactical thing that I did that worked. Hundred percent, yes. Okay, we love some tactics. So uh, I didn't come up with all of this by myself, but it was kind of like a culmination of like two people who were talking to me about separate tactics, and then I put them sort of both together. And, uh, but what I did is to give you guys, uh, understanding of what this is all about. I got my first 15 clients by doing this. 
I had zero and it wasn't, I didn't spend any money. It was just my time. And because when you start out, that's all you got is a lot of time. So you're better off utilizing that instead of trying to figure out how to do Facebook ads and stuff like that. That's for later. Once you've got a bit of momentum and then you can Ooh. amplify the good stuff that you're doing. Oh, but you, that was, you that gotta, was good. That was good. Yeah. You guys need to skip back 15 seconds. Listen to that again. That was good. I wish I had a bomb button like Bradley. <laughs> oh, Bradley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dropping bombs here, Bradley. <laughs> He's so good. That shit um, would have had a bomb. Uh, well, shit. So, there's that you got to get the momentum first and like you got to prove to yourself that you want it. I think that's part of it because it is the easier road to sit behind a computer and then feel like you're getting momentum by looking at courses and stuff like that. But you got to have money to invest into that sort of stuff. So get some money first somehow. And right. But this strategy that we did was this um, get gift cards. So say your thing is 50 bucks a week or like 50 quid a week, whatever your currency is that you're listening to this. But just say it's um, two weeks worth or three or, or two weeks worth of training for you. Unlimited training is worth a um, hundred bucks. So you get hundred dollar gift vouchers made up and gift cards, however you want to get them made, whatever it is. And then you go find local businesses around you and you build alliances with local businesses that would potentially have your type of clients there. And the easy ones are like a men's barber for the men, hairdressers, massage uh, parlors, you know, all that sort of stuff, right? Where it's a bit more services and they can, you can like cross promote. But uh, so you get those things and then you go up to the, the owner and just say you have a stack of 10 of them. So what's that? That's like a thousand bucks worth. So you go up there and you introduce yourself. You're, hey, I'm Jimmy from Jimmy's Bootcamp. We're just a new business around the corner here. And um, we actually want to be able to give you guys thousand dollars of personal training for free and it's right here and you hand it to them and then you go here you go that's a thousand dollars of personal training that you can use for your clients for your best clients as like rewards given to your staff um you can give them out as gifts or prizes or whatever you want but we want to be able to do that to you so we can get known in the local community a little bit um and all we ask in return is you take a clipboard that has name email phone number on it and you give it to them and you go just whenever you hand one out can you just write their name email and phone number on it because then I'm just going to send them a text to just follow up so they know it doesn't expire. So before it expires, I can get a follow up with them. And then uh, also, then I also want to promote you to all the people at the gym because we're at a gym here that has however many thousand members, members down here. And, um, and so then you can get collateral from them that you can then share and then refer people that way. And that's how I got like my first 15 people was just by doing that. And then you'd come back on like every Friday, collect the couple of names that they got, and then you just follow up with them. And that's the way that we got free leads and that's the way that we did it. And it was just like a bit of, just a bit of bootstrapping. Yeah, mate, that's really tactical, really good. And, you know, this is also, this can also serve you if you're an online trainer, not that you'll have an offline offering, but go into your local community and just talk to people, build relationships. Like ultimately business is just a bunch of relationships that you build. That's probably the, the that's easiest it. way for me to put it. It's just relationships. That's it. Yeah. And like people would be like, well, that's it. I was like, yeah. But like, you know, it is still a little bit nerve wracking to walk up to a business and do it. Like, like, again, I'm not saying that I was like, oh, like just gangster walking up there. Like, you know, it, like you're still a bit nervous. Like still, even when you do door to door sales for two and a half years, you still get nervous just before you make that first initial conversation. Then once you start that first word comes out from then, 
you usually all the nerves will disappear. Yeah. But and like you said the... earlier, it's you gain the, the confidence and the belief the more you do. So mm. if you don't have it right now and you're like, but that would be so nerve wracking. I don't think I could do that. Well, go and do it. And then after 10 times of doing it, all of a sudden you'll be like, wow, I can I can actually do this now. And then it will be 20 times in. You'll be like, this is getting pretty fucking easy now. And then 30 times in, you'll be like, I actually can do this. I actually can do this and I'm going to keep doing this. And that's the shift. Like, yeah, I fucking loved it. That that piece right there was so tactical. I suggest that if you're listening to this and you're struggling to get some clients, just to go back and just listen to that <laughs> bit again because he just gave you some motherfucking gold. All right. So here's an interesting question for you. So let's get back on track to your story and you get your first 15 clients. You start, um, you know, doing the uh, personal training gig. Um, when did you, we're going to shift gears a little bit further, but when did you decide that you could help other people do that? When you could help other people get clients? What did yeah, that look like? So the marketing thing happened like this. Shortly after getting those 15 clients, um, I saw uh, a guy in Australia here that was teaching Fit Pros Facebook ads. And that was when Facebook ads were just kind of brand new. And I was like, yeah. I actually need that. I, I saw some stuff and I was like, yeah, I need to do that. So then I could like, don't have to keep walking around to these people. But by this stage, remember I had clients already. I didn't do that first. And uh, so I went, did the course and the first six times or five or six times running ads, got zero, got nothing. And even then I still had a little bit of money with 15 clients, but not a lot. And so I didn't have heaps to put in budget. And then after paying for this course to learn it. And so I was like, oh, like didn't work, put money in, didn't work, put money. In. And then the sixth time, is where it took off and we ended up doing a six-week challenge got something like 28 clients booked into that within the space of like seven days and i was like oh this is the fucking greatest thing ever and then i was hooked ever since right um and uh so then years of doing that for my own business we had evolved the business model went to a men's only semi-private business had three locations and it was all built off social media ads right doing ads on facebook and instagram and uh, then one day, one of my mates was, who owns a powerlifting gym was like, hey, dude, can, can you do that for me? And I was like, hmm. I actually met him doing that Facebook ads course <laughs> that years earlier. And he was like, uh, can you do it for me? I was like, shit, I don't know. I've done it for my business, but how the fuck do I do that for other people? Like, yeah, I, was, I just said, yeah, I'll give it a crack. Like, that was it. Like, it that just started. And uh, Elliot, that, that was who it was. So uh, from TTC, if you're listening, bud, um, Thanks, because you're the first guy that asked me to do it. <laughs> that was, yeah. was the that's what happened, and then it, it was paved like, the way. Yeah, and then I was kind of like, oh yeah, and then and then he told somebody, and then I sort of was speaking to somebody else, and then I got asked. I did this for about an eighteen month period. Um, I was running my business, uh, the gyms, but I still had the the fitness stuff, and then I was a consultant for a um, business coach who was doing just fit pros, but I was in there just doing the marketing coaching calls. And he was like, yeah, do you want to do this? And I was like, I don't know, man, like I do do my own. I thought what I knew, everybody knew. This was the thing. I thought what I knew, everybody knew because I was like, the courses was there and I saw heaps of people in the courses and I was like, well, fuck this shit's everywhere. Like, so like, but then when I got into do the, the actual consulting, uh, I was like, wow, these guys don't, don't know it. Like, these guys don't know it as much. And I was like, oh, and that's what gave me the confidence to go, oh, maybe I know a bit more about this stuff than what I did. And then that 18 months was a really good 
stepping stone to instill that confidence again because the confidence is the biggest thing about anything i yeah. feel like now talking about this story it's letting you think that you can make a decision of somewhere that you want to go um and so anyways did that and then we went our separate ways after about 18 months and then that was probably about two and a bit years ago that we've been full-time in the agency game since Amazing. And here's a question. When you said that you could give it a crack to your friend there, was you charging for those, the first few clients you took on board to help them get clients? Was you charging for that service? He goes, man, I'll just bank transfer you some money. And I was like, I felt so weird about it because it was a friend. And I was like, oh, I don't know. And he goes, yeah, I'll just swing you like a grand. And I was like, a grand? Fuck. All right. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, don't fuck this up. Don't fuck this up. <laughs> you know, the, the lesson in it, the reason I asked the question, the lesson in it is sometimes you do have to, you know, just give stuff a go. And, you know, I've seen there's a lot. I've, I've met a lot of online trainers over the last couple of years, and some of them are just starting out you know they've not even really had personal training clients before they're just kind of getting they've done their online qualifications and they may have trained themselves but they're not they, they don't really they've never really built any um true successes out of gaining generating clients before and yet they're still a lot of them come into the space as if you know like they're just going to get successful straight away like i'm just going to you know start and then i'm going to have a client roster and i think that sometimes it's okay to be humble and be like mm, maybe i could just take on a couple people and yes you know, just just try and prove to myself that i have the ability that i can help these people transform their bodies and then you know if you do that and you take you know a few people on for a, a, a four week or six with 30 day program or, or a six week program and you get three or four people some great results then you can leverage their testimonials to 100 percent yeah, but like oh, that's the Bradley skip. bomb. People try and skip a beat. They try and skip a beat. They're trying to like, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm just gonna come and do it, and and then they do really struggle. So yes. one of the pieces of advice that I've always given people is like, you know, fucking hold on a minute, hold your horses. You know, long term mindset. Remember, yeah, um, and think about you know what would it look like if I were to tell people that I know in my list of friends. So not outside of that yet. I'm not focused on trying to, you know, add 50 people a day and build a community and blah, 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 but just, okay, who do I know in my network right now that if I were to reach out to and say, Hey, look, you know, I've just started this online training thing and, you know, I'm pretty confident I can get some people, some great results. And I'm actually just looking for some people to do some case studies with, and uh, I wouldn't be charging for this. Of course, I know that if I did, then there's a higher chance that people would maybe uh, implement it. But you know, I thought of you when I was thinking of how I could help people. Uh, if you're interested, um, what would 30 days of free training look like? And maybe at the end of it, uh, I do it all on the um, precursor that at the end, you give me a cool testimonial. We get some yep. good results. And, 100%. You know, yeah. I think that's awesome, man. Um, and to, yes, my friend transferred me the money for the first thing that we did, but I didn't, I was going to do it. And then he just said, here, I'll give you money because he felt bad at me doing something for made for free do you know what i mean but yeah. i did do a couple after that for free he's a good friend because, by the way a lot of them yeah. are like discounts mate you got yeah. you got you got discount rates <laughs> <laughs> you got mates rates um mates rates for pals yeah nah yeah yeah <laughs> nah fucking double for you mate just for asking <laughs> yeah nah. but uh uh i say that in jest uh but uh 
yeah, I did do a bunch of stuff free. And then going back to the the PT stuff, even door to door, like it was cheap. Like I think when you said like, hold up, these people have never even trained anybody in person or whatever. And your strategy laid out is a hundred percent amazing. Do that. It's called the flywheel effect, right? Get a couple of, get a couple of testimonials. Then you can promote them out just onto your socials for like whatever. And if you get a little email list or whatever, even how small it is, then you use that. And then that gets you a couple of clients and then you get those clients now paying you. Then you get a testimonial from them, even though they're paying you. And then you promote that stuff. And then those, yeah. those testimonials get you more clients and it keeps going in this cyclical um, fashion like that. And I think people just take the eye off the prize of like how easy, how not easy, but how simple it can be. Because the simple stuff, they're like, nah, it can't, it can't be that easy. Yeah. They're like trying to find and, the hard thing. Yeah. And yet all of the people that are killing it in business that I know of, all of the top mentors in the space that I know of, they're, they're not doing anything super special. They're just doing the basics really well. So, you know, really just, well. Yeah, really well. So, you know, they've got a good lead gen system that actually works, that generates leads for them, whether that's paid or not. Um, they've got a really good uh, process or methodology that they're showing people that actually gets results, not one that's just just thrown together as a piece of shit and doesn't actually, even if someone did commit all their time to it, wouldn't wouldn't work. No, they've got a system, a methodology, a process, whatever you want to call it, that fucking works. And then they have uh, along that they also have good fulfillment. So they they fulfill that person or that client to the highest degree possible. Um, they service that person, right? And then uh, once they've done that, they they get really good at sharing social proof and building social proof for their brand or their business, yeah. whatever way you want to look at it. And I think that that's something that people skip. They, they're trying to get all the clients in. They're trying to make all the money. And maybe, I mean, this is just coming to me now. It's like we're talking about it, but maybe this is to do with, you might agree, might not, but maybe this is to do with the fact that there is, um, you know, a lot of business coaches out there. I myself, I'm guilty because I just shared some fucking insane wins, but maybe some of those wins are the things that make people think that it's all that simple. You know, if they look at my, my client, which I mentioned earlier from 200 pound in his account to 24 and a half K in 30 days. Now they're looking at that. They're either thinking one or two things that's not possible. And then it just crushes their belief. And they're like, ah, he's fucking lying. It's a fucking, it's, it's a scam. It's a scam. Right. Or they're thinking, um, you know, wow, that's possible for me. But then they go too far that side. And instead of doing the basics really well, they're trying to do all this cool stuff and trying to implement all this stuff. And it doesn't work because they've not done the basics really well. So that's yeah. kind of how you can't I'm skip seeing a step. It. Yeah, you can't skip a step like what you were saying. Um, like for my in-person personal training business, we started out at I think because st I started out with a semi-private personal training business. So it was groups of four and uh, it was three sessions a week. And I started out at 75 bucks a week, which was for semi-private is cheap. So I started out at 75 bucks a week and then I built up a bunch of clients and my six week challenge, for some reason, I fucked up the math and I did it like even cheaper than that. It was like stupid. I did, I think I did like 180 bucks for six weeks or something stupid. <laughs> like I was just like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Is it so, but I just did it. And, uh, and then we put out, we gradually increased our prices till we got to a point where we're like 125, $150 a week. And that's kind of where it stabilized. But, and that was like, not trying to skip a step or skip a beat like what you're saying. Mm. And then the second part I 100% agree with is uh, like having the systems, having the processes and people in the fitness game, you'd have to be living under a rock if you don't know who Alex Homozi is. But he mm. says, 
do the boring work. And he is so true when he says that. He's so on the money when he says that because I even heard uh, an interview with him where he was like, business for us has been really boring for a very long time. But I have to keep my blinkers on to be super focused because I want to leverage the maximum amount of profit that I can make by staying in my lane here and staying here and doing this, the fundamentals to the extreme. That's it. That's it. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, I actually recently said this to a, it's actually a client of mine. She was asking about, um, she's new on, on the team here. And she was asking about like, what does she do? Does she, you know, does she do one-to-one coaching or does she do group coaching? And personally, here's my advice. And this is just my advice from based on my experiences. You know, a lot of people think that, well, if I do a group coaching program, uh, that means that I can get more people, which means I can make more money, right? I can, I can have, if I can get 10 or 15 or 20 or 30 people to join this group coaching program, I can make more money than if I sell one or two people. And this is generally the mindset. But the issue that I see with that, and I made this mistake myself, hence why I said this is my experience, this isn't gospel, this is just my experience with it, is if you can't sell and facilitate one person, what are you fucking trying to do facilitating 30? So sometimes, again, trying to skip a beat is damaging because what you should be doing is going, okay, cool. If I can just generate a lead, leads, sell that person, then take them through my process, then get them great results. And I can do that with one person. I can really pour in my time. I can pour in my energy, even if it means I charge a little bit higher, whatever. But if I can do that and I can really get this process dialed in, Um, And I can get this person a great result. That to me is worth far more than trying to do a whole bunch of people and fucking it all up and then not being and generally just, you know, ruining the chances of you feeling confident in your services because you've tried to skip too many beats and facilitate too many people. So sometimes I find that we should definitely strip it back. And we should, if you're just starting out, instead of being like, well, they're doing a group coaching program over there. Yeah, well, it might be their chapter 30. It might be your chapter one. Yes, hundred percent. That's so. That's so true. And like when you're like, man, we're like same fucking wavelength here on on a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, it's good. Uh, and uh, for people that are in that boat, we're like, I don't know if I do group coaching. Don't know if I do one on one or whatever. Like one on one is your best chance of success at the start because, you, as you said, business is relationships. So if you can get one person to convince you, say, yes, I will pay you some money. Well, now business is relationships. So you can build that relationship with them. One-on-one has got the highest retention out of anything. It's the most customized. It's the most personalized. And they build the relationship in a group may seem attractive, but you're going to have all these retention pieces built into it where one-on-one naturally has retention built in. And you can also have a little bit more room for error um, if you do mess things up a little bit slightly because you've got that good relationship and they'll probably give you more honest feedback as well yep. than what they and would in a group scenario. Yep. Testimonials, yep. everything. And so you should probably like try and uh, leverage that side of things and to get real good at that and then look at like, cool, that's step one. And step two is like, you know, how do I implement group, you know, and take it in the proper steps in the mm. proper levels. You know, don't try it like skip a skip a step. 
Yeah. And that right there is a great way for us to start tying off the end of this podcast. There's only one or two questions that I have. Um, the first one is quite simply, bro. Uh, and I ask this because I'm super intrigued into not only how can Fit Story support if we can in any way with what you're going on to do in 2021, but also just because I'm a curious motherfucker and I like to see what people's visions are moving forward. Um, so what is the vision for Jim Boss Marketing and the Jim Boss Podcast and just Jimmy in general moving forward throughout the rest of this year? Kind of what have you um, what have you forecasted as, as your plan to grow and move and shift? So for us is to fully 100% roll out the service that I was telling you about with, within the agency. This is um, the service where it's not just getting leads and setting the appointments as well and doing all the follow-up. So that's where in the middle of like, we've got a few clients that are on that, but we're in the middle of rolling that out. So at the end of the year, we'll have, that'll be our full um, service that we have because there's a lot of moving pieces <laughs> trying to do all that for people. So that's number one. And uh, number two is just to uh, like, cause I've just, uh, we were talking about this just before, but just had a, our second baby. So I want to be at home and be a dad as much as possible. So uh for people listening, working more is not the answer, but just working better during the times that you've got for work is, is the solution. So when you become a parent, that makes it, makes it very apparent that you got to do that. And there's not like this balance thing, but like when you're at work, be at work. When you're at home, be at home. And so I've got my eight, nine hour day. I'm not doing the entrepreneurial fucking grind at six, you know, 5 a.m. till fucking 10 p.m. or whatever. Um like I'm doing my normal, like I would say normal, like nine hours for me or maybe a bit more. But then as soon as I finish, I'm like, boom, I'm home. I'm dad. I'm the husband. And I just want to be able to do more of that. And mm. if we can Australia travel a little bit within our country, I want to do that too, because it's been a while. <laughs> yeah. Oh, a little while. Fucking hell. Yeah. Lost over a year of our lives, man. Jesus. But bro, yeah. I love both of those things. And, and again, um, uh, you know, if there's a way fit story can support with the first mission that you have and that vision, um, brother, I've made a genuine and I'm connection with you. I'm very grateful for the time you shared today. Um, and then the second thing you make is a great point. Also, uh, you know, when you become a dad, mother, whatever, and you're also juggling the entrepreneur hat, it's very important to switch that hat. You know, you've got to know that um, you can't be, you know, for me, I learned the lesson the hard way in the in the fact that, you know, I had a, a real wake up call when I wasn't even aware I was doing it. But in the first early days of Fit Story, I remember kind of like hustling so hard on what I was doing. By the way, I work so much less now and I get way better results because of what I experienced and what I've gone through. So again, great lessons. But I remember like working so hard that I'd be like, yeah, Millie, in a bit, in a minute, you know, and I'd mm. be like, blah, blah, blah. and I'm like talking to my daughter and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Like, wake up what are you doing the business work clients whatever always going to be there you can always get them your daughter is your daughter that's your that's your fucking blood you need to whatever you're doing you need to know that when that is done this hat comes off daddy hat goes on and you're playing with barbies doing whatever you're doing <laughs> right? yeah exactly um, right yeah. and that's the best shit ever and so to when you're working, it makes you work better and more efficiently because you can work faster and have less distractions. So there's less of like this social media scrolling going on because time block your day. Like we, that's for productivity. That's probably another fucking podcast. But, um, you know, 
plan your shit out your work day the night before. That's all I, that'll help you clear up a lot of your distractions during the day and allocate time for it. And that's it. Nothing else yeah. infiltrates that time. And that's it, especially your family time. Yeah. And ultimately I've become so much more fulfilled now in everything I do because I'm being more of a father and I'm there for my yeah. daughter and it, she comes first, family come first, you know, and that was a big realization before, you know, we went live and I was explaining about what had happened recently, which I have covered also on the previous episode of the podcast and um, with my partner going in and out of hospital. And to me, that was again, just like a big thing where I was like, yeah, family really is just first before anything. And um, someone disagrees with that, then they either don't have a family or they're fucking lying in my opinion, because, um, you know, I've been that guy that believed that, you know, I must be successful in business before I can do X, Y, Z or before I could, but no, it's, I'm a successful dad and I'm a successful partner. And then you know what, because that gives me fulfillment, it overflows into my business and it just makes me more successful in business. So it's just a shift really. Um, so bro, yeah, where can people come and find you? And have you got any free shit that you're throwing out, throwing out at the moment? Anything you want to promote? Anything you want to give away? I mean, I checked out your website and uh, it's Iwantleads.com, right? I want gym leads. I want gymleads.com. Firstly, how in the fuck did you get that domain? <laughs> <laughs> Literally, <I was> so- <laughs> you go, I, it, it was just like, what do people want? I want gymleads. Cool. I'll just Google it. And it was available. So I bought it. <laughs> like it was literally wow. just, just like that. Um, but I went through, I, that sounds simple, but I went through probably about 50 different options of like trying to find a domain. And then I was like, how would I say it? And I was like, oh, I say it like that. There you go. It's available. Let's do it. So that's um, that's the website. <laughs> yeah, people I know. pay a lot of money for that. <laughs> yeah. So I want gymleads.com is where you can go and see like some of our client case studies. If you want to know about our agency services where we do marketing and booking appointments for you guys. Um, but then I've got my own podcast as well. If you guys just want to go like that's I'll probably do one to five episodes a week, depending on how I'm feeling. Um, and uh, that's my it's called uh, Gym Boss Podcast. So if you look up the Jim Boss podcast, wherever you like to listen to your podcast, it'll be there. Awesome. And if you guys on that note, if you guys would like to uh, potentially see a guy called Matt Burbridge over on that podcast, then do let us know if you want to see a Jimmy and Matt part two, but maybe over on your show as well, because I know that there's a, a lot of benefit to doing things like that. Um, brother, I fucking appreciate you. Thank you for sharing space with me today. I had a rad time and I'm looking forward to if we can do this type of thing again, bro. 100% man. I really enjoyed it, man. I got a, I got a lot from this too. So I appreciate you. Awesome. Fit story fam. We out.